サードコーストベースラジオラディオスサヘルサリソベース第三海岸第一收音機トリチラジオバスギターレバシシルバスハディオンカティオイヤウ<laughs> What the fuck it is, y'all? Third Coast Space Radio, Season 3, Episode 23. It's your boy's Metaphysic. Hello, Earthlings. It's Kid Luna. And we came here with a special episode. Your boy Luna's going to be on mic duties interviewing Shady Monk and Solomon. So without further ado, let's get weird.
Yo, what's up, everyone? It's Kid Luna here. I know it's been a long time since you heard me on a podcast. Uh, today, we got a special guest uh, that I handpicked out, one of my favorites. Um, I hope you enjoyed that mix. I will say um, very, very interesting, very this person. I'm going to let them state their own name. Uh, I will say that mix really picked up in the second half, man. I was like a little geeking. <laughs> But um, with no further ado, uh, go ahead and uh, announce yourself. What's up, everybody? I'm Shady Monk, and uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to my mix here for Kid Luna's radio show. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. It was um, a pleasure to have you on, actually. Um, to go ahead and crack this bottle open, uh, how about you um, tell me about yourself? Uh, what's your name, man? What's your uh, government? Uh, my name is David Gravano. Um, oh, what was the second part there? Oh, no, said? just your government. <laughs> oh, my government. <laughs> uh, I, oh, yeah, my government name. Got it. Um, yeah, um, I'm David Gravano. I'm a music producer, DJ, graphic designer, label head. Uh, I was born and raised in the suburbs of Philly, Pennsylvania. Awesome, awesome, dude. Um, would you like to give us a little bit of your background? You know, who is David? Um, so I was brought up from like a pretty young age in a really musical family. Um, my parents like always like pretty much like encouraged me to be creative uh, in a lot of different ways. My dad's a drummer still like to this day in like a cover band like for like southern rock like classic rock stuff in oh. the area here um and he's been like he's been in the same band for like i think 30 years with these guys it's pretty crazy but yeah, um, that's crazy yeah i just like everybody in a way is linked to music or art in my family with few exceptions um and i like I can elaborate on more if you want, but a lot of it like comes down to I would say like my brother James and um, his uh, interest in like electronic music and techno. When I was growing up, like he's eight years older than me, but um, at, you know a good portion of my like adolescence growing up, he was like right down the hall in the same house, and uh, he would spin uh, vinyl records with like a lot of like trance techno.
Mm-hmm. And then when I was like 16, I started working in a program called Anvil Studio that was kind of just like a MIDI arrangement, uh, like really, really simple kind of like program. But um, I had always been like really into trying to cover songs that I liked from video games and anime and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, as well as like composing my own original stuff. But so I started experimenting with MIDI arrangement. And then a couple years after that, in 2008, um, my oldest brother, who I mentioned earlier, was like a DJ growing up. Um, he influenced me a lot with like just uh, the kind of like music that I wanted to make, I guess. And uh, he ended up like giving me my first copy of Ableton, even though he wasn't really a music producer. He like, I guess, saw that I was really into making music. So he just, um, yeah, he was awesome and gave me that. And yeah, yeah so that was like, when I was, I guess, wait, 2008, I, yeah, I was like 16. So I started like kind of like being more serious with music production around that time. Awesome. Um, <laughs> sorry. And no, then, you're uh, good, bro. Yeah, and then like in 2013, I started making music under the Shady Monk name, kind of just like I've been going strong from there. Yeah, but so going back to what you were saying about uh, Shay and like Shady Monk and stuff. So Shady Monk is the active project that I've had since 2013, um, and then Shay was kind of like a split off from that that I started. Uh, kind of more or less because it was already a nickname that people were calling me uh, since like 2019 and uh, that was like an extrapolation from Shady Monk it just kind of like Shamo was uh, an abbreviation of Shady Monk and then Shay got like came from that basically so uh, yeah Shay is more just like a separate pop and alternative project that's focused more on like uh, vocal uh, stuff and like um, I feel like Shady Monk at this point is like still active, but it's like more video game music and like jazzy stuff, pretty much. Yeah, because you, you've, I mean, you've already done a couple OSTs, right? Yeah, um, well, fairly, yeah, like uh, I worked on a few like indie things and uh, I'm still trying to like work on some more major like original like soundtracks for games and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I had a. Uh, like a small part in this uh, OS iOS game called uh, Delivery Time that was basically like a pizza platformer. Um, oh, okay. And then um, there's been some other stuff, but uh, nothing too substantial yet. Okay, nice, dude. Uh, also, really like that Study Buddies. Um, I can't even say it mixtape really because there's there's a good amount of tracks on there. Yeah, I think it's like uh, 18 if you uh, check out the version on my Bandcamp page because it has an extra track that I didn't like uh, license for the like Spotify streaming version. Oh yeah, um, I need to go back and do that. Yeah, and then I, I actually should have mentioned when you asked like stuff that I've done OSTs for. It's not necessarily a soundtrack, but um, Mm -hmm. last year I got the opportunity to do uh, the installation sound, like the interactive sounds that go to an installation that's in uh, AHA Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. Okay. And um, that was for uh, the Woo project, which is also like 
I, I ended up making it into a listenable album, but the uh, the whole like experience is actually kind of more of like a free form thing that doesn't have like a starter end to it. Uh, where like when you walk into the installation, different rooms have different sounds playing, and like different objects kind of like emit different different sounds or, or do different things if you touch them, things like that. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, sometimes it's like overwhelming, and I kind of feel like an octopus, but. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like just it's a, a good way to get exposure by putting yourself in different places. And I also just like to challenge myself in different ways uh, with different projects. So that kind of lends itself to ending up in different places depending on like what the project is intended for. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah, we're going to slide into this next bit here. Did you go to school or was it mostly self-taught or did like your brother help you out with producing in general or he just gave you the tools for it? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it was self-taught. I briefly tried to take piano lessons that didn't really go too well. Um, I was, yeah, I pretty much always have been like by ear uh, when it comes to picking up instruments and playing them. Piano is always my first instrument. Uh, it's been like a double-edged sword for a lot of reasons. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty autonomous from an early age and like able to create stuff without like overthinking it. But at the same time, it also like, comes with its challenges of not always being able to speak the same language as people who might be a little bit more um, traditionally taught in certain things. But um, yeah, the in general though, like I would say, I picked up a lot of different. Um, things just from watching other people or like listening to music that I liked and trying to emulate it. Yeah. So in a way, like even though I wasn't like traditionally trained, uh, I guess like just kind of like using my ear and trying to replicate things that inspired me really helped me grow as a musician over the, the years. That's awesome, dude. Um, so where did the, the, I know it's, it's Shay now, but where did the shady moniker come from? Yeah, so <clears throat> Shady Monk originally started with uh, a song that I made of the same name, and I created that uh, after coming home from this uh, performance by a DJ producer called Savant that a, a good pal of mine, Alexi, from college invited me to. Okay. And um, the set was just, like, really inspiring, had a really cool, unique vibe that I'd never really heard before. And so when I got home, I created this song called it Shady Monk. And uh, I felt like the song set, like, a new standard for what I wanted to achieve with my music. Mm -hmm. And so I had already kind of been, like, pushing around different ideas, contemplating a new alias for a while and having gone through a bunch of, like, different aliases from the time I started producing up until that point. I really wanted to, like, pin one down that I was going to stick with. Um, and I realized just like after making that track that the title sounded just as good as a producer name as it did a song. So it just kind of stuck from there. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just felt like uh, with that, I was also inspired by like masked DJs that I'd grown up listening to like Daft Punk and Dead Mouse and other European guys. And gotcha. I crafted uh, like... I had made like a, a character for a comic book in high school that I felt like I could like kind of make that into a costume. So that's kind of where it all kind of came together. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it kind of just felt like it fit. No, oh, yeah, that's pretty sweet, man. <laughs> yeah, I also grew up with uh, Daft Punk, so I, I definitely understand, man. Um, 
there are some big inspirations. I mean, speaking of uh, inspirations, uh, who inspires you, uh, you know, to help you shape your sound? Um, yeah, so it tends to be an influence of, like, who's, who I guess I'm, like, really, like, listening to at the time. Because mm-hmm. I still... I feel like when I started, I had, like, three main people that I was kind of trying to, like, emulate and learn how to make, like, okay, like, I was trying to, like, figure out how they did what they did, and then mm-hmm. combine what I what I learned and, like, what I was trying to do personally. Um, so I would say, like, Boards of Canada, Nine Inch Nails, and Daft Punk were, like, the top three for a while. And then, uh, you know, there's always been, like, extensions of that like i had like a french house phase so i was also into like justice and a bunch of people on the ed banger label Mm -hmm. and then i uh, i think like the first band i ever really like got into was lincoln park in middle school so they were a huge influence just from like having that kind of like new metal hip-hop electronic mixture of, of production and um yeah just a lot of uh european artists and and people from around the world like uh roy ksop and um, a lot of like Japanese uh, composers from like video games and movies, like Joe Hisaishi and Nobu Matsu. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, just a lot of yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I yeah. A broad like what kind of influenced where I kind of like get all my sounds from? Because I feel like yeah, I can go anywhere from like really dark and textured and kind of moody to mm-hmm. having stuff that's more like kind of. Uh, bright and, and colorful, and it really just depends on like the intention that I have with the project at the time. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that mix. Let's get into that mix. So, um, the I know the track selection you got out. A, a few of those are very familiar to myself. <laughs> um, with this mix, like, so I'm I understand like all of this is basically Shay, I've you know, I've heard I've heard you mix several times. Uh not just the one you sent me, just being, you know, URL shows, you you name it. Um, sure. So when you make your mixes and the music that you have, are they just all like just hand selected or is it just curated to fit a vibe? Because I mean with your sound design and how long you've been making music for, you can probably pretty much go anywhere. You know. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually got to a point where it's kind of overwhelming if I don't just kind of like uh, make a decision and stick to it because I have so many facts like, and so material to like sift through and choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, yeah, it's like I kind of just uh, I, I cater my sets to a few different parameters. Like, okay, like is is the the audience that um, the the mix is going to be used for. Um, used to a certain kind of vibe, do I want to cater to that or do I want to make a mix to the contrary of that to kind of like, you know, subvert expectations or am I trying to showcase a certain flavor of what it is that I do or what I'm capable of? Mm -hmm. Um, And then a lot of the times it just comes down to what I'm vibing with in the moment um, or what I feel proud of at that time and then uh, combined with what I feel really just works together. Oh. Sometimes, yeah, like sometimes I'll, I'll feel like two tracks work together, but they're, you know, 50 BPM apart from each other. And it's just that they're in the same key and like have like a similar um, like mood or something. But I don't I don't really like restrict myself from like 
staying in the same BPM necessarily. Um, I like to, you know, I'm like a huge fan of making albums that like are stitched together with like tracks that flow seamlessly. So it kind of just uh, is almost like a secondary form of doing the same thing when it comes to mixing. I, I kind of am trying to make like a an experience that is uh, ever flowing and kind of doesn't like have a stop to it. Just kind of feels seamless. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of paint like a, a little picture, tiny little movie. But yeah, I enjoyed it, man. Um, let's get a, a little into your into your personal life here. Um, at what moment in your life uh, did you decide you wanted to focus on on music? I think um, probably in, like in two thousand eight when I first started using Ableton, because um, up until that point I was like already working on a lot of like art, and I've, I've been like visually. Um, focused for like the longest time and then I started really like focusing on what I could do with music production after mm-hmm. I got Ableton um, and around that same time like a group of friends that were close to me um, we were all getting together like every Friday but uh, like World of Warcraft had just come out and they had started playing that and for whatever reason I just like couldn't really get into it and I had like I would get together in the same room as them, but I would be on Ableton while they were playing WoW. And uh, <laughs> they just, like, weren't into the fact that I was there, but not doing the same thing as them. Yeah. And I was just like happy doing what I was doing anyway. I didn't really care. I felt like I'd like made uh, a new like friend almost. Like, And it was like almost like a, a new video game to play or something at the same time. I don't know if that sounds sad, but that's No, like, <laughs> no, dude. Not at all. Uh yeah, I used to DJ for, like, Smash tournaments, so I, I understand. <laughs> um, so is there anything uh, that you've learned, you know, that you couldn't have learned otherwise by being an artist, this journey that you've been on? Is there anything that's just complete valuable that you wouldn't have learned anywhere else? I don't know necessarily if it's, like, something I couldn't have possibly learned doing something else, mm-hmm. but I do feel like... Um, as far as just like philosophies that I've kind of picked up, I'd say one of the most important things I've taken from it is being um, just like open to collaboration Mm -hmm. and being able to appreciate uh, creating something that's bigger than yourself with a group of people uh, with a shared vision and like not being too hard on yourself because there is so many people doing so many things today. Yeah. Like, but he's trying to be a content creator. So it's, tried, like, it's hard to keep that in perspective, but I feel like uh, just remembering to like balance out the things that you're trying to do to like, I don't know, I guess like make a career with like finding out, a, like keeping a way to make it enjoyable mm-hmm. or else it just becomes too, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it, it can become really like wearing on people if they don't find a way to keep it enjoyable. Yeah. It's definitely uh, not for the faint of hearts. Um, is there any advice you could give yourself, uh, or any upcoming producer, you know, wanting to do music or uh, just a creative art form in general? Um, yeah, I would just say, try to keep it, uh, like simple, take it one day at a time. Um, like I was saying earlier, just to like try to keep things in perspective and remember that <laughs> we're all like on a, 
giant spinning rock in space. Uh, <laughs> but also that, uh, yeah, things are still important, like not to be too nihilistic at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's really like keep, keep uh, the things that are important to you, like in perspective and don't like get lost in trying to like, successful too much i guess oh but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say, i'd say despite despite like the pandemic and things um being near other people is usually pretty healthy so don't be like too reclusive i guess <laughs> yeah knowing they're probably introvert already <laughs> especially if they're being a producer um speaking of producer uh the minor producer man uh what's your favorite doll is it just a tool? Um, so <clears throat> I've dabbled in like a few different things, either through collaboration or just testing it out. And I, I, I wouldn't say I'm like scared to try a different DAW at all, but I've definitely been pretty much exclusively using Ableton for the better part of like 14 years. And uh, I wouldn't say I'm reliant on it. Like at the end of the day, I do think it's just a tool because like the idea of recording music in different mediums and giving myself challenges to like, let's say just like record something completely analog or, um, stitching music together in you know, a different platform. Those actually kind of like really excite me. So at the end of the day, yeah, I'd say it's just another tool. It's just like a really cool tool that has a lot of possibilities attached to it. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, totally get you. Uh, we always ask, uh, you know, some people say uh, it's a tool. Some people say uh, the doll matters. Um, so in the show, we've, we've, we've had some mixed views, but... I would say it, like, it matters to a degree. Like, there's a reason why I gravitate towards Ableton, why I, I tend to, like, uh, promote it or, or, or suggest it to people who are just starting out, because I do think it has, like, a, a pretty forgiving, um, like design and workflow and uh, I think like you know it has the capacity to make some really amazing things if you know what you're doing but even now like I said like after so much time using the same program I still learn stuff you know all the time that I didn't know I could do and um, I feel like even when I was starting out I still could make things that I was proud of or that I felt you know was cool so I would just yeah I would just say it's a it's a tool, but it's definitely like my favorite tool at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, what's the worst VST you've used? The worst what? VST or doll. We, we don't ever ask um, this, but I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, hmm. I mean, I guess as far as like working dolls go, one of the ones that scares me is like Cubase. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, I know a lot of people are like really proficient with it, so it's it's really just uh, up to I think like the person using the program and how they process things and, and work through it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I've never used Cubase, I don't think, um, so I, I wouldn't know. So it probably has like a super hard learning curve. But, I mean, I, I guess that's just about any doll, really. I, I feel Ableton, you may have more help, though, because it's pretty frequently used, so. Yeah. Um, do you have any go-to VSTs that you've, you always use, or are you a hardware guy? 
Um, I'm trying to get more into using hardware, as I kind of like mentioned earlier. I'm excited to try and like have a project in the future that, that just uses hardware. But um, as far as like VSTs that I tend to use recently or over the you know the years, I've been partial to uh, the Kilohertz pack that has like Fatrader and uh, KHS Bit Crush, um, Native Instruments, Contact, Massive, Guitar Egg, Sound Toys, Effect Rack, Micro uh, Shift, and Phase Mistress. Um, I use the Isotope Nectar Three plugin for a lot of the vocal processing that I do with like Elfie and stuff like that. Um, Sound Theory Gulfos um, is like a interesting thing that kind of like can restore frequencies and stuff that like may have had like a bad mix and maybe like you're trying to restore a file that you have that you don't have like the project file to or something. Um, a lot of uh, the Spitfire audio stuff is really cool, like BBC Symphony Orchestra and Labs. They're um, two of my new favorite uh, and most used VSTs, I'd say, for a lot of the sounds that I've been doing lately with like keys and orchestral stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Baby Audio, Smooth Operator, uh, Fromage, and uh, Serum are definitely also up there. Uh, yeah, that, that pretty much covers like the ones that I use a lot. <laughs> yeah, I should have uh, had a pen and paper. So too many dolls or too many VSTs are not enough, man. Which is it? Um, no, I don't think there's anything. I think like it's great that there's so many options. Uh, I think I have a lot of VSTs that I don't use, but mm -hmm. I'd rather have the option there for when I do try. You know, I'd rather have it than not have it. <laughs> if you can only have one of them, which one would it be? Put the uh, put the running clock in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with, um, and this might be controversial, but I'm gonna go with Massive, just because I feel like Massive was like the first VST that I got that was mm -hmm. just like um, I ended up using a lot of sounds from the, for a lot of my early productions. So it kind of holds like a really special place for me in that regard. Not bad, not bad. I still use, uh, I still use Massive, so not bad, man. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so DJ versus producer, should one be perfectly skilled at both before jumping in the scene? What do you think? Um, no, no, I don't think that, that, no. <laughs> uh, like I see myself as both and I don't know like I think there are two separate things that are both great for different reasons kind of like how I mentioned my brother earlier he wasn't a producer and still isn't to this day but he DJs and like that was a huge influence to what I do and has a place in music and um, I, you know I think it's just like different people have different relationships with music and how it affects them and how they like to interact with it. But I don't think that anything's like better or worse. Uh, I think that it definitely can be in, like beneficial to somebody to be skilled at both things. But uh, if you're good at one or you're just trying to get into one over the other, 
uh, you shouldn't like worry about it stopping you from getting into music. Yeah, yeah, don't let it stop you, dude. Um, you'll be hard at one and not good at the other, you know. I mean, you got to start somewhere, though. Exactly. No one's perfect at anything either. So it's like, there's yeah, like there's no like threshold where it's like, oh, you, you've reached the, the point where you're now going to be respected by people in the music scene. Go ahead. Give it a shot. Like, you kind of just got to put yourself out there and like keep working at it. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, <clears throat> we're almost done here. I'm th- I'm thankful for the little time you have given us. So, hopefully, I'm not holding you up from too much. Not at all. <laughs> not at all, boy. Uh, so do you have any future projects going on, man? What does uh 2022 look for you? Is it how's it going, man? Or can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. No, no problem. Um. So I've got quite a lot, like quite a lot of stuff, uh, as usual for me in the pipeline. I'm, I'm like kind of, I keep saying I'm gonna like work at <laughs> not having as much on my plate, but I feel like I always have another project going on. Um, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've been producing for uh, LP, uh, and she's uh, basically got an album coming out uh, January seventh that we worked pretty hard on over the past year and a half or so, like over the pandemic and stuff. And um, yes, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited for that. Um, I've also been making some original music for an indie game in development called Sudden Soul that nice. I can't really talk nice. too much about, but partially because I don't really know a lot about like what the plan is. It's still uh, kind of like all in the works, but I'm excited for it nonetheless. And, uh, um another so a new thing that i haven't announced yet but i can have this be like i guess like the debut announcement um <laughs> me, and my good friend, me and my good friend telescopes uh who i've actually been like really heavily involved with throughout the years um but we've never like properly made like a full project together mm-hmm. under our main alias names so we decided we're gonna make like a shady monk uh, X Telescope's album um, together, kind of like how me and uh, and that indie guy did. But um, yes, that's going to be coming out sometime next year. I don't know exactly when, but I'm excited for it because we're kind of uh, taking a complete departure from both of our sounds and going for something different. Ooh, and I'll just, I'll <laughs> nice. just have people wait and see what that means. But um, <laughs> on top of all that, I have a lot of unfinished Shady Monk stuff and pre-Shady Monk stuff that either like didn't get released properly or I never released it. Uh, so I'm just going back through my backlog of things and orga- organizing it and like putting it out properly now that I have the means to. Awesome, awesome. Dude, it sounds like <laughs> your plate is full once again. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. I have a performance on uh, January. I think it's. Ooh, let me just double check this actually because I, I can. Um, I hope I'm not holding anything up. But no, dude, you're January, January. Yeah, the same the same day that the Elsie uh, mixtape comes out. Um, me and that Andy guy are actually performing a back to back at the Magfest 2022. Awesome, um, dude. Let's go. Yeah, it's going to be super dope. So, um, yeah, I can't wait for that. Awesome, yeah. I should probably try to fly out there, dude. I've never been to Manifest, so 
Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. I know, I've been missing out. Um, are there any, um, who are some featured artists you would like to give a shout out? Maybe they can do an episode uh, for us here in the future. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I've already mentioned that any guy, Elsie, they're both two that I'd love to see have a, an episode. Um, I'd love to shout out uh, Diana Starshine, Levand, uh, Meta Room, Beardy, Recovery Girl, and Hell. And uh, yeah, pretty much any artist from Desktop or Hyperpop Records or even, you know, Tiny Waves people. Um, there's a lot of, there's like a lot of really cool groups of people uh, I know. online. Get your hands so, in everything. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to just stick with one. But definitely the, the people that I, I, I mentioned are all like super talented and would uh, be awesome to have. I'd yes. love to just I, I'm I'll make sure to reach out to him. No, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually just like listing them because I want to hear mixes from them <laughs> and hear all, all their like interviews and stuff. Yeah, uh, I would love to too, man. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to make sure I reach out to them and hopefully you can be hearing them uh, in spring or even um, early summer. So, but um, <clears throat> yes, should be fun. Uh, where can people find you, man? Where's your handles? Um, so you can find me on pretty much all the major music platforms under Shady Monk or Shay. Um, I have a link tree that uh, has pretty much most of the stuff linked to it. Um, so it's like linktr.ee slash Shady Monk. Um, and then... I'm also working on making a website before the year is over. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But um, <laughs> wow, <yeah. laughs> we're gonna hold you to that. This episode should be out before the year's over. So, yes, the fire is lit <laughs> under my belt. Awesome, awesome, man. So before we get out of here, dude, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts? You want to speak your uh, piece before you go? Uh, not really anything in particular, just like super honored and thank you so much for having me again. And, no uh, problem. yeah, I just I hope that everybody listening is having a safe and happy holiday season for whatever it is that you celebrate. And even if you don't celebrate anything that you're still cozy and warm because it's cold. Uh, yeah, I think that's about <laughs> it. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shay, so much, man. You have a good night. Thank you so much. You too.
it is okay. We will make a slow success. It is okay. We will make a slow success. up world it's me metaphysics psych it's kid luna uh here today uh i have a special guest on uh, i'll let him go ahead and introduce himself um what's well, what's your what's your real name I'll start off here um yeah well i go by suleiman but uh my real name is uh my real name is zach awesome awesome dude i wanted to say uh, i enjoyed that mix um i took notes i actually listened to it twice man um and and i noticed both times like the the first five minutes like the first solid minutes i was thinking about uh the the scene that i played in gta 4 uh i wanted it's not a gta 4 gta 5 it's just like basically um i guess it was just like how it was rhythmically but yeah, uh, I was a very big fan, and we haven't really had much of. Uh, there's some Jersey Club in there, I believe, and some breakbeats. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had uh, any of that. Honestly, I, I didn't. I wasn't even sure what to expect. Um, you know, when I heard when I got the mix from you, I was actually excited because I do remember hearing you and um, Shady Monk go back to back at the Minecraft show. That was great. <laughs> that was yeah. Fun. Um- yeah, I've been uh, I've been trying to I've been trying to move a, a little bit past the floor to the floor. Um, not that I not that I don't appreciate it, but yeah, I, uh, I'm glad you called the uh, 
Jersey Club and the breakbeats. That's um, that's I'm trying to make that my signature kind of. Oh, dude, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. It's like what I listen to on the regular, man. You know, uh, and those the transitions, bro, are seamless, man. Very clean. Oh, thank you so much. Very yeah. clean. Yes, yes, I appreciate it. Um, before we even get into the questions, and this may be one of the questions, uh, I don't think it is, but are you a DJ first or a producer first? Um, I mean, chronologically, I started producing first. Oh, um, okay. And then I started DJing, but I definitely consider myself 50-50. Yeah. Um, like, I can, I can just as proficiently do both um, if, you know... Ooh, awesome. We'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit into detail. So, <clears throat> I kind of a little went a little bit off the rails here, but um, uh, tell me about yourself. Who is Zach? Um, so, um, I was born a little bit outside of Philadelphia, um, which is where I currently live uh, in Philly. Um, I moved around a lot, uh, but I always consider myself a native. Pennsylvanian. Um, I I grew up in a very very musical home. Um, it was always an important part of my life. You know, my mom was she had such a high appreciation for music, and she got me into it at an early age. You know, she was really big into grunge when I was nice. um, when I was when I was really young. So I I just always remember hearing it, um, and she would always point out things to me. You know, just like, oh, listen to the bass, listen to the you know, listen to the, listen to the arrangement in this part. Um, so it was always something near and dear to me. Um, music, um, Latin gaming. Um, nice. I've long since, long since kind of moved past gaming. Uh, but um, yeah, I went to high school in South Florida, and then I graduated from the University of the Arts in Philly in um, 2017. That's where I started um, really honing. Um, my artistic side, especially or specifically like graphic arts, um, a lot of my program consisted of uh, 3D modeling. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Um, so, what program so really, were you using? Well, I was taught in Maya um, for 3D specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've since moved to Blender. I just, I, I just feel it's more. Uh, it allows for more more things for lack of a better phrase i mean there's all blender just got all these cool like modifiers that kind of cut out a lot of really minute things that in maya just otherwise okay long story short yeah blender's just very more accessible i feel yeah yeah i've I've Um, used blender a couple times so it's Uh, pretty cool yeah and i also work um I do a lot of 2D graphic design in Photoshop as well as um, motion graphics in After Effects. Um, I've done a few uh, video editing projects for um, a close uh, mutual friend of uh, uh, Dave and I, uh, or Shady Monk for whoever's listening. Um, yeah, I was going to um, ask him, like, did you have you done any uh, cover art for him? Um, we've collaborated on, with me and him, we've collaborated on a few projects. He's he's very very he's also very very proficient in um graphic design so he kind of covers that for himself but we have collaborated on like flyers for shows um but i have made music videos for um a mutual friend of 
him. He he's, he runs this band called Telescopes. Um, you can mm-hmm. find uh, you can find uh, some of the music videos I made for him on YouTube. Um, yeah, I might like, have seen some actually. When you say Telescopes, um, nice dude. That's actually really cool, man. Um, oh yeah, appreciate I, it. Um, you since uh, I guess that kind of answers and brings up our next question. You're saying I like your your family's pretty big into music uh, in some some way, shape, or form. Uh, so, uh, have you had like any uh, musical uh, history lessons, like classical trained or like band choir, or are you just like self taught, or did your mom help you with that? Um, so, um, I started I'm trying to think when it was. I think like middle school is when I I took up saxophone in school band. Um, it was alto sax specifically, and that's actually when I started to learn how to read sheet music and just understand basic music theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit after that I took up bass, uh, one, because my mom had played bass uh, as a teenager. Um, and uh, I remember being inspired by, uh, it was going to sound funny, um, I, I got into gorillas around then, and I was I thought Murdoch was like so cool. <laughs> I thought like, yeah. oh, like oh, I want to be the bass. I want to play bass, you know. And then it really took off when I heard um, Black Sabbath. Uh, Geezer Butler is like a phenomenal okay. bass. He's a phenomenal bass player, um, and he's who I model my play style after. Um, you know, because he just a lot of bass players I feel just kind of follow the rhythm or they follow the guitar like the root notes, but he just goes all over the neck. And I just thought like, oh my god, you could do that with a bass. I want to. I want to play like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. Um, nice. And then um, and then high school and college is when I took a couple piano classes. Um, so that was just another another addition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've 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 been around it pretty much your entire life. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Nice. Nice. Um, <clears throat> where'd you get your moniker from? So, um, so my father is Tunisian, and um, our ancestry is Turkish. Uh, Tunisia at one point was a colony of the Ottoman Empire, and um, Suleiman is um, is the name of a, a sultan who, or a sultan of the Ottoman Empire. Um, they actually, if you've played. Uh, I forgot which one it is. One of the Assassin's Creed games uh, where Ezio is in the Ottoman Empire. You actually meet him, uh, young Suleiman. Oh, okay. I've, I played Assassin's Creed 2, I think. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's one of the later titles after that. Um, but yeah, he um, he led the Empire through one of its most uh, prosperous times. And he was also a patron of the arts and music as well. And nice. so I just So I just thought... You know, it's part of my heritage. I figure it's something that, um, something that I wouldn't really see fading out. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, I played Assassin's Creed two, and I think I played Assassin's Creed uh, Black Flag. I th- okay. Yeah. Think. Um, I mean, I actually really like those games, but I end up getting fucking suckered in by like survival games. But that's <clears throat> that's yeah. another story. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about this mix a little bit more, man. Um, some of these tracks you used in there, uh, do you, do you want to explain? Or is any of that music released already, or did you have any unreleased, or was it just a, a way you could put... Well, I don't, actually, I don't know how you DJ'd it. You know, some people, they could do on the controller, but I'm, I'm going to think you probably... It doesn't matter. It was a great mix overall. <laughs> doesn't, who, no, who, who, who gives a fuck? It's, really it was a great mix. <laughs> yeah, man, really of course. Um, but yeah, you want to talk about some of the tracks you had in the, in the mix itself? Absolutely, yeah. So a lot of it was... Or, well, I say a decent amount of it was off my EP Initiate, which you can find on my Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, there's a few things that or and then uh, another chunk of it is unreleased material, yeah. Nice. Um, just think, things that I had kind of been um, putting together behind the scenes, um, some of which I have for an upcoming LP. Um, and matter of fact, I, you probably wouldn't notice, but I threw in bits and pieces of some of my ambient tracks too, which I also have planned for, um, an EP release. Um, I dabble in both ambient and, uh, I guess you could say dance music. Okay. Okay. Awesome, dude. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check both of those out, man. Um, like I said, I like the mix, uh, and it's just wondering, like, you know, because I mean, honestly, I don't think I've heard any um, music like by you, uh, you know. So do forgive me. I'm definitely gonna get on to that. Um, no, it's okay. I mean, my my portfolio is I'm ashamed to say it's relatively small. I didn't actually um, start producing until uh, college, um, so. Yeah. But um, definitely more to come, of course. Yeah, awesome, dude. I can't wait. Um, so who, I mean, who inspires your soundscape, man? Um, for the most part, if I had to give a top five, uh, definitely uh, Underworld, um, Aphex Twin, of course, um, Laurel Halo. Well, all right, Laurel Halo, oh my God. I discovered her. She like changed everything. I mean, she's very, very, um, very talented artist. Um, she's really inspired by like the traditional or by the um, the OG Detroit house scene. Um, Flying Lotus and uh, Dark Pyramid. Oh wow! Nice man. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, at what moment did you decide like? you wanted to focus on this or it could have been I mean you know from what you've told me so far it could have just been like your whole your whole life really huh um kind of sort of yeah definitely um I definitely switched paths uh, a few times in that regard because I remember um I remember in my young adult years I like wanted you know I, I wanted to be in a band I wanted so badly to be you know, being a in a band, um, a well known one too, and mm-hmm. it was just one of those things. It was just one of those things where, you know, everyone was always busy, or like I couldn't really find people who were on the same wavelength as me. So just nothing ever really clicked. I mean, I jammed yeah. with a few people, um, 
And so I kind of, I kind of put that on the back burner to focus on college. And then I met uh, Shay, um, and I saw, or he moved into my apartment at the time, and I saw what he was doing. And you know, I would just kind of like hang out with him, just watch him do his thing, and we like bonded over mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails and Aphex Twin. Um, and I just, it just kind of hit me like, you know what? I, I think I could do this. You know, I think I could give this a shot. <laughs> and, nice. And just kind of the more I tinkered and uh, the more results I produced, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, this is like, it was more efficient for me to do my own thing than to try and like organize something with multiple other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also kind of exploring, I guess, a side of myself musically that was kind of untapped. Cause I, I remember liking electronic music uh, growing up, but it was, at the time, it was just a niche thing, mm-hmm. um, and then once I really got into it, I was like, "Okay, I'm starting to really hone in," you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, is has there like is there anything pretty much like from doing like any music or just you know trying to discover yourself as like an artist in general like is there anything that you've learned from this that you don't think you've kind of learned it like anywhere else um yeah i mean aside from aside from the actual technical aspect of you know learning the software and kind of learning the uh do's and don'ts of like production and mixing and all that Mm -hmm. um it was it was really a way to help me find myself you know, creatively, um, you know, self-expression is, um, an important, I wouldn't say lesson I learned from it, but Mm -hmm. something that, something that I think a lot of us just kind of take for granted. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was really a way, really a way for me to put my voice out there. It like gave me that, it gave me that opportunity and you know it was through that i met other people and through meeting other people you or especially from different backgrounds and different walks of life you know you learn different perspectives of the world and that helps to better yourself as a person almost oh, definitely mm-hmm. yeah most definitely um is there is there like some advice you could give yourself uh like you're if you were younger or per se, is there any advice you could give to any up and coming producers or someone that might listen to this that haven't took that first step? You know, because I, I get a lot of people that it's really that first step that's really so hard, you know, like, but is there anything, is there any advice you can give to that or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, specifically what you said regarding younger people, I would say if you ever, if you ever think, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that, like, go for it, strive for it, you know, like, if it doesn't end up working out, it is what it is, you know, you just, like, don't be afraid to try something that you would otherwise think, like, oh, I, that couldn't, I couldn't do that, or I wouldn't fit in, it's just like, you know, uh, really try a bunch of things, and then if something clicks, then it clicks, Um, you know, collab with as much people as possible, as possible try and um bump elbows with a lot of people just see what they're doing um see how they do it because you know because like i said if i hadn't met shay like i really don't think there would have been a 
there would be no Suleiman today. <laughs> no, you would probably have been in a band. <laughs> <laughs> or or I'd probably still be like trying to find one or trying to start one, you know? Yeah. No, um, dude, from hearing your your story so far, yeah, I mean, it was gonna happen either way. <laughs> but Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think being a producer is a little bit more fun. You can be more creative, like, in depth, you know? But, I mean, I mean, I guess you could also do that with a band, too. Um, yeah, and and I just want to add one more thing, too. Yeah, um, go ahead. That I think is, I think is just really... Because a lot of us, myself included, you know, we suffer from anxiety. And uh, I learned this through one of my biggest role models, um... James Murphy from LCD Sound System. Um, do not be afraid of failure. Like, we hold ourselves back so hard because we're afraid of failing. Um, and it causes us to just not do anything at all, you know. And you can't get anywhere if you don't, if you don't, you know, fail a couple times. Um, so yeah, just don't be afraid to fail because in the grand scheme of things, it won't even look like a failure or just be like, oh, well, didn't work out. You know, just back to the drawing board. Yeah. Oh shit, were you talking to me? Man, <laughs> I felt like you're, that was like direct. I almost forgot we were like in a, like in, in a, in a, in a recording call, man. But no, that, that is true, man. Um, yeah, you definitely, you, it's worth trying than not trying, I believe. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and 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 there's never really a too late, you know, because he was he was 32 when when he started LCD Sound System, and they're like a very very renowned group, you know. Yes, so. I know of them. <laughs> Daft oh, okay, Punk okay. is playing at my house. Yeah, dude, I love I love LCD Sound System. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's get into a little different segment here. Let's get into the mind of the producer, man. Uh, what's your favorite uh, doll? Oh, um, Ableton, 100%. Of course, I knew. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. Um, is it a, a tool, or does it define the artist as well? Um, it can be. Um, I can offer a personal anecdote for me, because um, Ableton, um, Ableton for me offers like a blank canvas almost um, in the sense that I mean, I guess for this, you could probably say it with most dolls, but you know, in a lot of ways, just, I can, I can experiment with a lot of things like for funsies. I remember one time I tried creating a shepherd tone. If you're familiar. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you have to school me. So, and, uh, pardon, pardon me, whoever's listening. I might be botching a few things. So Hans Zimmer actually (laughs) used a lot of his, a lot of his movie scores where um, it's where there's a rising, there's a rising, or there's a tone, a tone that's playing with a rising pitch, and it sounds like the pitch is just rising on an endless loop. Um, almost think of like the barber poles. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, but it's almost an illusion. It requires four, in the case of synthesis, it requires four oscillators like a low octave, two mid octaves, and then a high octave, and you lower the volume, or excuse me, you raise the vo- volume of the low, and then lower the volume of the high, and it creates this illusion mm. that it's like, 
never ending. Yeah, that's just an example of ways that Ableton allows me to kind of play around, you know, and have fun. But also, you know, Ableton has Macs, which I feel, I don't know if other DAWs have this too, but, um, you know, a lot of the Macs plugins that come with Ableton have been a lot of fun for me, like Granulator, for example. Um, basically works with grain synthesis, which, mm -hmm. um, uh, are you familiar with that by chance? No, I don't use Ableton, but go ahead, dude. We, I love all of this. <laughs> okay, cool. I was going to say, I, I, I tend to, um, I tend to kind of go off, you know, when I get excited. Oh yeah, no, that's what we're here for. <laughs> um, so granular synthesis essentially takes, it takes a sample and you can kind of fine tune a specific point in that sample and it like resamples it in grains um, and you can mm -hmm. manipulate you can manipulate the grain size um, and matter of fact in a lot of the songs you heard in my mix I used granulator um, it creates uh, one thing I like doing for example is taking a vocal chop and then picking like a specific section of it so that it creates what almost sounds like vocals, but it's just very liminal. Oh, you know, yeah, I do recall hearing that in the mix. Yes, I do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's so much fun to mess with. So, yeah, to answer the original question, I feel Ableton for me kind of allows for that experimentation. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, do you think it's just a tool or does the doll really matter? Oh, that's what you meant by that. Oh, Lord. Oh, no, dude. No, you're no, you're great. I mean, I, I know you're pretty much talking about like why you use it for, you know, uh, I'm like, damn, dude, I need to I need to switch over to Ableton, man. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I have used other dolls like um, or in, uh, when I was in college, I actually took a synth course. Um, and yeah, I definitely feel it's just one of those things where it, it depends on I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's super um, detrimental. Well, I shouldn't say detrimental, but I don't think it matters too too much. It's just more like whoever vibes with it, or whoever vibes with whichever DAW. Gotcha. You know, that's what I, that's what I would recommend. Um, I just happen to have really really fallen in with Ableton, you know. Yeah, no sweat. Yeah, a lot of people on this show are Ableton heads, so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you're in the right place for this. Uh, is there any, um, is there any, uh, your go-to VSTs, or you have any piece of hardware? Do you have any hardware? I actually use, um, I actually use both. Um, so, for the VST side of things, my big four, besides granulator, are uh, Helm, which is basically like a budget serum. It's, it's serum, but it's free. Um, I like free. I also use, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, highly, highly recommend Helm. I think um, for anyone who wants to, uh, anyone listening who wants to Google it, I think the creator is Matt Titel. I think it's, I'm pronouncing it right. If anyone wants to like, look it up. Um, but yeah, free essentially free version of serum really really good um really user friendly 
um, uh, Glitch 2 is, um, it's an effects plugin I use that, um, um, the name's pretty self-explanatory. It's fantastic for, like, glitch effects. It has these different, these different types of effects that you can manipulate where in the, the meter is happening. Um, so if you want everything to happen in, like, a four-bar loop, it can, it can do that. Um, and then I also use what's called hysteresis, which is a, how to describe it? I think it's like a grain delay plugin, okay. but it, it essentially works like that. It takes, um, I use it for like sends a lot of the time. Like I'll have a send mm -hmm. and whatever I send the track to it, um, it takes the dry signal and it resamples it, um, in grains essentially. Um, and there's so many cool things you can do with it. Like it, it's really good for creating a lot of like drone effects. Oh, sweet. I find. Yeah. And then on the, um, on the hardware side, I have a Korg MS20 synth. Nice. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, thing is a, that's a chunky boy. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's got a, got a patch bay and everything. And then I have, um, this little boutique, uh, Roland, uh, synth. Um, I use them both kind of interchangeably mm -hmm. um, for the Roland. I'll I'll do a lot of I'll do a lot of MIDI. I'll do a lot of MIDI stuff with it. Um, and then for the Korg, I usually just use that for like drone effects. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's essentially it's essentially my rig right there. Okay, nice, dude. Um... Yes, I have a few bits of hardware. I haven't really used them in a while, though. But, yeah, man, um, that's awesome. So how is it when you sit there at a blank doll? Like, do you need a, a reason to basically start something? Or you just kind of pick a sample and just go after it? Like, what do you do when you're sitting at a blank doll in Ableton? Yeah, um, that's that's one way that I do it. Um, it's one approach I take where I just, I'll create like a melody or I'll create like, we, we all know the, uh, uh, the, the four bar loop, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, just like, okay, how can I build off of this? Um, or I'll start with percussion. That's um, always fun. Like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, like I'll start with, um, a drum pattern or I'll do like not even a drum pattern, but just, kind of random percussion um and then i'll throw in like the kicks for example um so yeah whichever happens to, uh, i've i've rarely had it where i kind of had like the song well i shouldn't say rarely mm -hmm. um more often those are my approaches where i kind of like build off of it um but every once in a while yeah i'll have like a specific idea in my head um, or just recently, I um, you actually heard a track that kind of had probably like a like an Arabic sound to it in there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I had asked my dad, like you know, because I figure like I might as well throw in some Tunisian, Tunisian, you know, a little harissa into the mix. <laughs> um, nice. You got to represent, yeah. dude. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Yalla Habibi. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I asked I asked my dad like, hey, what are what are some of your favorite songs from uh, 
what are some of your favorite Tunisian songs? You know, I'd love to sample them. And he sent me a few. And I thought, okay, this definitely helps. It gives me gives me a good base to work off of. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really cool, man. You had both of your parents, you know, for that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it must have been pretty fun. Um, so, DJ versus producer. Should one be perfectly skilled at both before jumping in the scene, or do they just pretty much... You can just be just really good at one of them. Because I know there's some people that play off of, like, Ableton, you know. Um, I feel like that would, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What, what do you have to say on that? Um, well, going off of what you, what you said there with playing off Ableton, I have actually done uh, MIDI sets in Ableton. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got... Um, I, I guess it's kind of like a launch pad, but that is one way you could do it that I feel like will be a good bridge maybe for producers trying to break into DJing. Cause mm-hmm. that was actually my first, before I got a tractor, that was actually my first rig is I would, um, I would DJ in Ableton. Um, but, um, no, I definitely, I don't think one has to be, um, proficient in both really to, um, to go far in their craft. Um, because mm-hmm. cause both professions definitely have um, there's a need for both in different scenarios um, or different settings you know like at a party or something like that but yeah. I also feel I also feel it's important to know the symbiotic relationship between the two because you know the producer produces the track for lack of a better phrase mm-hmm. and then the DJ spins the track for people to hear at like parties or like a club or so I definitely feel, um, you know, there's at least that relationship to go off of, mm-hmm. which, which makes it so. Yeah, I don't think there's, um, there's a need for one to be proficient in both. I highly recommend that um, people who lean one way or the other try mm-hmm. the other one, but you know, that's that's entirely up to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get good uh, enough or have opportunities to play music and you don't have to bring a controller set up, like, yeah, it'll probably be good to try to learn, go to, like, a guitar center or something and try to play on, like, um, uh, just some CDJs to use Rekordbox or just get real familiar with Rekordbox in general, you know, but... Um, Absolutely, yeah. And, and I will say, too... Um, in a lot of ways, DJing has kind of helped me with my own production because in a lot of ways, I like when I'm producing a track, it's like I go in thinking like, okay, I want this to be played at a club. Yeah. You know, like, what do I want to hear? What do I want to hear played at a club? Um, and as a result, like it's, uh, it's motivated me to improve my mastering and really like uh, another signature I'm trying to go up uh, go towards this like fat kicks, you know, and like fat bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. So, is a song truly finished? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I mean, I mean, hypothetically, you could you can endlessly build off of anything if you want to. I mean, there have been a lot of art projects where that's been the case, you know, like never-ending art projects. But uh, oh my a God. big pitfall of mine personally has been like making 
quote unquote the perfect track and it's just like it's just like you, you gotta find you gotta find the right balance you know because otherwise you're allocating so much time yeah on making like the like the perfect track whereas you could just be making tracks just and i mean that just as a blanket statement just just make tracks and one uh next thing you know your quality will be better um as you go mm-hmm oh yeah yeah most definitely um let's uh let's talk about the future a little bit here um you know if your shoulders are raised a little bit you can relax we're kind of coming to the close you know so you can just like shake it off <laughs> but um uh do you have any future projects coming up shows uh you got well you said you do have a new lp in the works or um do you stream i guess it's a lot of questions man let's just start with uh you got any uh new music coming out that's not gonna be on an lp yeah i've got um I've got so many things that I've kind of allocated towards its own, um, its own album, I guess. Um, so a few, a lot of the tracks in the mix, um, I've got an LP in the works that it's kind of a concept album where each track is part of a set of two opposing themes. Mm -hmm. So for example, I've got Ascension and Descension. I've got good and evil, light and dark, um, truth and clarity. Um, so that's, a that's almost done. I've just really been brainstorming going about good and evil, just trying to, mm -hmm. each one, I, I try to actually channel the themes into like audio. Yeah. You know, how can, how can I capture them in a song? Um, I have an ambient EP in the works that is kind of, pardon me, this is going to get a little dark. It's kind of meant to, um, um, it's kind of meant to be like a vent piece on my my own personal battles with dysphoria and anxiety mm, wow. and all that. Um, but I mean, you know, that's that's the great thing about art. You know, it's a great way to it's a good way to vent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the actual tracks themselves, like I think, just from a music standpoint, like if I it's like you know, this is pretty it's pretty solid. Like I don't mean to toot my own horn. Yeah. No, um, dude, go ahead. <laughs> And, and also, um, I have, I actually have a band, a uh, band that I'm a part of. Well, right now we're a two piece. It's, um, it's a good friend of mine, uh, who, his moniker is Captain TV. Uh, he's a really, really good vaporwave artist. Oh, nice. Um, highly recommend anyone listening, go follow him. Um, we started this group called Hadian Maktaba. Um, Maktaba is the Arabic word for library and then Hadian refers to um the period of earth's evolution where mm -hmm. it was just it was just all uh like volcanic eruptions there was no atmosphere and all that uh we just thought those two concepts were pretty cool yeah and, um, we're essentially like a progressive rock uh duo um i'm on bass and synthesizer and he's on guitar and vocals um so we've got i say enough for an ep we just gotta finish mastering everything um we actually played a few shows recently, so that's been fun. Awesome, dude. I think my neighbor has just started fucking taking a shower. <laughs> that's a good asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. It probably sounds like it's raining outside, but you know what? This is this is where we this is where we're at. So 
I just gave them. I've, I've got my space heater on, so. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. It's cool. Hopefully, I'll probably just EQ that out or Bershaw to do it. Um, but yeah, that's essentially um, essentially all I've got going. I might actually release a couple of the tracks on there just as singles. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just so I can have content in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, just for the, Get for that the sake of the almighty. Yeah, just for the sake of the almighty algorithm, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they show no mercy. Um, sure don't. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I heard you give uh, your friend a shout out, man. Uh, that kind of segues into a uh, next question here. Uh, is there anybody, any artist you would like to feature out uh, to uh, feature out, shout out to be on a future episode? How about that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, these are a group of people. Uh, one of whom I. Uh, I performed with mm-hmm. or I was on a bill with um, these are just very unique artists that I would um, I would very much like to see them get uh, their time to shine uh, one is uh, Date Sim oh um, yeah Date Sim yeah oh yeah yeah I always forget how much of because I know he was or I know he was uh, heading uh, Tiny Sanctuary for a while so I always forget how much clout he has um, yeah Manny if you're listening to this sorry if I forgot about your clout <laughs> yeah no, yeah no. I've, I've talked to him a couple of times on uh, Twitter but um, yeah continue I don't want to give some more shout outs I'll definitely reach out to Manny uh, would definitely love to have him on um, oh yeah no worries um, also Orlando Boom uh, you might have yeah, heard of him Jeff <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah his yeah, music is very cool. colorful and then um, this this next guy, he is the real deal. I mean, he's really going places. Um, no sir, E. No sir, E. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, I'm definitely um, gonna have to get with you after this and get um, his handle so I can reach out to him in the future. Yeah, honestly, I mean, this guy is like like I've never heard any I've never heard anything like him. Um, he produces with a, a monome. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If you've ever seen those. Oh, is that those like little? They look like, uh, like little calculators. Yeah, it's like a. I think. I think it's like a sixty-four panel grid. I'm pretty sure. Like, like it's, it's a lot of buttons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he does some. Sound like he just died, from, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, continue. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, no, sure. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. No, no, you're good. Now he's, it's just, he's throwing me off. We probably ruined this whole bit, but I'm going to leave it in because uh, I've actually enjoyed this phone call. But yes, they look like a little calculator. Um, but I didn't know the, I didn't, I actually didn't know the specs to them at all. Uh, I saw, uh, I have a friend um, I follow. He makes one, he, he makes a couple of videos every now and then um, with just that device, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a really cool looking thing, and I mean, he makes some he makes some crazy, uh, crazy soundscapes with it. Well, I shouldn't say soundscape. I know that's uh, I'm just some crazy sounds <laughs> in general um, with it. Yeah, nice, dude. So, yeah, I appreciate all the little shout outs you gave uh, to these people, man. I know a good bit of them. I'm 
definitely going to reach out to them, try to get them on some future episodes. But uh, where can people find you? What's your handles, bro? Sure. So um, I'm on Instagram. It's obsidian.suleiman. Um, so a warning to anyone who finds my Instagram is he's a, it's barren. Um, unfortunately, my both my Facebook and Instagram got hacked a few months ago. Um, it, it is what it is. I, it, it, it hit me pretty hard at first, but then I was like, you know what? New beginnings. This is a chance for, you know, yeah. a chance for me to go in with a new lease on things. Um, but I do plan on posting a lot of my graphic design work on, well, re-uploading a lot of my graphic design work on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still have, thankfully, I still have all the backups on my laptop. Um, but yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter. I think I'm AES uh, underscore Suleiman. I don't even remember. I think I was really into Vaporwave when I came up with that. So the AES was aesthetic. It's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. oh, we... And then, um... oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I'm listening to you, sir. Oh, sure. And I'm also on um, Spotify and SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud is where you can find my DJ mixes as well as um, my ambient tracks. Nice, nice. So before we get out of here, man, is there any uh, words of wisdom you would like to give or, you know, say your, speak your piece before we peace? Um, yeah, just kind of, just kind of reiterating um, a lot of things to my fellow, my fellow artists out there, um, my fellow upcomers, you know, um, just, just don't give up, uh, keep, keep pursuing your passions, um, keep trying new things. Don't be afraid of, don't be absolutely don't be afraid of failure. Collab as much as possible. I mean, really can't stress that overall, just, just have fun, enjoy life, enjoy the world around you, you know, just take, take the time to explore the world, you know, go take a nature walk. You know, I've, I've been doing that. Um, and yeah, really just treat yourself. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's about it. That's about all. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate having you on, um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Sorry about some of the interruptions of the shower in the background. Uh, that was not me. I'm in a bathroom today recording, so, you know, what the fuck can you do? <laughs> but either way, uh, yeah, I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. Um, this will be the last one of the year. Uh Happy holidays to everyone celebrating whatever they may be celebrating. And we'll see y'all next year. Um, yeah. Thanks so much again. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, everyone have a good one. Yo, so there you have it. Third Coast Space Radio, Season 3, Episode 23. Special shout out to Luna for curating this one. Be sure to like us and the respective artists involved always. Yo, 2021, we made it. Be sure to get vaccinated or mask up or don't or one. Who fucking knows? At this point, it's just longo longo. But at the end of the day, motherfucker, see you guys next month. Be safe. Blow. Pow, pow, pow.